The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There's a big event happening tonight. It's another reason why we're here. A celebration of the Good Friday Agreement. 25 years, of course, we're coming up on that anniversary, the quarter century anniversary of the uh, Good Friday Agreement. One of those people who will be in attendance uh, is uh, Gary Donegan, Father Gary Donegan. He was, as well, centrally involved in another event from the North's more recent history, 21 years ago, uh, to be precise, the Holy Cross dispute when loyalists blockaded Holy Cross Primary School and Gary and Father Aidan Troy had to lead children through that blockade for months on end. And I know lots of you will be like me, you'll remember the images uh, on the TV screens or the pictures in the paper and the vitriol directed by those protesters at not just Gary and Aidan but at all those young kids as well. Um, Listen Gary, Thanks a million for joining us uh, here in our, in our studio, our makeshift Boston studio here in the Langham uh, Hotel. You're very welcome. No, thanks very much. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, for, for people maybe like myself who remember those images, and I can still picture them uh, you know, from the fronts of the newspaper, but I can't quite remember exactly the, the build-up to it, the context, why this was happening. Remind us of those details. What was going on? Well, basically, um, the... The demographics of the area meant that at one stage the school, the girls' school, would have been in an area that was mixed, uh, if not predominantly Catholic. But as time changed and uh, there was a a burning out, um, kind of an ethnic cleansing of Catholics from that area, but uh, the school still remained there. So it was in the centre of uh, what would have been predominantly PUL, uh, Protestant Unionist Loyalist area. Um, But as we know, uh, children in the main were sacrosanct uh, during what we euphemistically refer to as the Troubles. So the school uh, was was there and was fine. But then one afternoon, um, um, these men appeared uh, out of nowhere and uh, were going to block the children uh, from returning home. And uh, thus began, uh, it was on the 19th of June, uh, my birthday, ironically, <laughs> And I was in Dublin being trained by uh, um, the car communications uh, and working in media. And I lifted the Evening Herald and I saw a local councillor and I had to literally race back. uh, uh, So I didn't get to the cinema or my Eddie Rockets that night (laughs) and uh, raced back into the midst of this. And uh, for the next uh, number of weeks, we tried to resolve it um, uh, before uh, the children would go back to school again in September. But on the 3rd of September, Father Aidan and Troy and I, as a sign of contradiction, basically stuck on our religious habits and decided we'd walk the children. Now, what happened was it shocked even hardened uh, security force people because it was basically we walked through a tunnel um, of people uh, shouting, vitriolic stuff, spitting, throwing things. Um, I got hit with a piece of rebar, which is force uh, concrete in mm. buildings, and um, it kind of shocked the world. And then it became the big media story. It 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 was covered almost like twenty four seven. And the the those men who turned up that first day. I mean, who were they? 
why were they doing it? Was it was it a part of that burning out process? This was kind of the last stage in it, they felt. And how much support had they in that wider PUL community, as you describe it, do you think? Well, in initially. Yeah, well, at the time, um, it, it depended on who was there. It was initially uh, that a guy was putting up a poster uh, near the school and it was alleged that he was intimidated by a taxi driver. The taxi driver said um, that he was attacked by the guy putting up the poster. But it was it was the the fact that suddenly these 20 individuals came out of nowhere and then there became that um, almost like Mexican standoff, as it were. And um, But by, you know, the next day there were hundreds and then there were thousands, literally, of people involved in this. And um, so... Um, over the summertime, obviously, we tried to um, we tried to calm everything down. We tried to get some sort of resolution because our fear was this would be replicated right across the city, if not across the whole of the north, um, and that children would be blocked going from schools, you know, where it was into a nationalist area or into the PUL area. So, um, but by the third of September. Uh, I think everybody was taken by surprise by literally the, the sheer number of people. Now, in order for the number of people to be there, they had to be bussed in, it had to be organized, yeah. um, and it was. And so we ran a gauntlet, and, and basically at that time, and it was the old grey Land Rovers. Um, the old RUC Land yes, Rovers, yeah, yeah. And we had to walk uh, between them, and you're, you're kind of, you know... Um, caught in between this so you couldn't actually avoid it and um, and it captured the imagination of the world because by the following day all the media were there CNN Fox News Al Jazeera everybody was there with the big mushroom um, uh, vans and um, in fact that's how I found out about 9-11 on the third day which was the 6th of September a blast bomb was fired, and that was the day that I thought we're going to lose someone here. Mm. And um, it was a terrifying experience for everybody, um, and and um, children running, parents running, children being separated. And I actually saw a piece of footage, and you know the way you don't recognise your own voice. Mm. Um, um, and I, I sounded a great culture, um, but I was trying to evacuate people off the road. And um, and I remember um, in the in the grounds, the children in the grounds, and literally some of them were physically shaken. And uh, Anne Tanny was the principal of the school at the time, and the teachers. Now they were phenomenal. They would bring the children in, and they 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 tried to calm them down, and they tried. And then we had to walk back again, even after that. We had to walk back down again uh, with the parents, with the grandparents and the guardians of the children. Mm. Um, and it was just, it, it was unbelievable. Um, and I suppose another significant moment was 9-11, where I was walking down and I'd just been handed a death threat. Um, and the police, uh, it's ironic, there's different levels of threats. Uh, but they actually handed me one which is called critical, which means that you're going to be taken out, as it were. And uh, so I was in a bit of a another world, because at that stage, that was the first of many that I'd ever received, but I didn't, I, I, I this was like the first time 
And um, so I was walking down on the next thing. Um, I thought I could get shot here and they're watching uh, Bruce Willis in Braveheart or um, um, the, 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 one of these movies, uh, Die Hard, because all the, uh, the, the, the vans had these blankets of TV screens and I could see these two towers and I thought it was Die Hard, the movie, until this man ran up to me and he said, uh, all right, for uh, World War Three has broken out. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? And he said, the Pentagon has just been bombed. And that was my first knowledge of 9-11. Yeah. Because when you're the news, you don't see the news, as it were. And all the, they were all watching this. And the scary thing was the following day, nothing. It was, they were all, this, the, all the vans were gone. And that actually was the probably the most terrifying day because we didn't have the cover even of the media. And as we walked through, and I remember, I remember them shouting, if you like priest funerals, clap your hands. If you like priest funerals, clap your hands, like a, like a chant and a football chant. Mm. And I thought they were talking about Father Aidan and I, but actually it was Father Michael Judge, who was the first recognized victim of 9-11. He was the, the chaplain yeah. to the fire department. And there's this iconic picture of this older man being carried out, covered in uh, dust and rubble. And, um, and, uh, and the next thing, they were taunting us actually about that. So ironically, then I became very friendly with fire department and NYPD uh, officers. And Father Michael Judge is the first recognized victim. Uh, and everybody thought he died in the rubble, but actually it was a glancing blow uh, of the hand of one of the jumpers that actually hit him falling from the building. And because uh, I got a private um, um, tour uh, by the fire department to the, the new uh, museum. Yeah. And uh, by uh, the policeman that was actually the first responder. So, um, so this, like, um, the vitriolic nature of it was 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 scary it you know you mentioned all those vans as well that were there up until 9 11 and it strikes me there must have been a resonance for people because we're broadcasting from the states um for people with, with images they had seen 30 years previously here schools integration mm -hmm. and we can all imagine those pictures as well in our mind's eye of those african-american kids going to school and these white parents or fellow students screaming abuse at them. It, 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 it was very much like that. Yeah, and, and actually there went up a mural on one of the, the walls in, in Ardoin, um, at the, the famous Ardoin shops. And actually it was comparing Arkansas and Ardoin and there was images uh, you know, of the, the black children not being allowed to go to school or being mm. segregated. And, um, and it did capture the imagination now, to balance it out, there were people, because ironically, I had walked with an empty cross with the, the minister uh, from the Church of Ireland church right along the same road uh, to the Church of Emmanuel. And I had walked with him on um, Good Friday, and we'd walked across from an empty cross from Holy Cross Church up to the Church of Emmanuel with parishioners on both sides yeah <clears throat> and we all then shared the hot cross bonds and a bit of crack uh, in the church 
Some of those people were horrified by what was going on and they were saying, not in our name. But uh, they too were trapped. And some of them said, Father, don't bend the knee. What you're doing is incredibly brave, but we're afraid. And sometimes we have to stand out and look like as if we're part of the protest because we're living in the midst of it. Yeah. So um, it wasn't just a black and white situation as none of the troubles was. Uh, and when we mentioned the RUC, uh, how much protection and everything did they, did they, was there any criticism of the level of protection that they offered yourselves and the fellow students? Because of course, you know, they, they, they formed part of this sectarian tapestry in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, well, one of the things was that, you know, they were alongside you with the big plastic shields, the batten shields, mm. and some of the stuff was kind of coming over the top, and they were actually doing that. Um, and um, what the biggest criticism was that the British Army there as well, um, that when we were walking through the gauntlet, um, when the gates would open in the morning between two um, armoured vehicles, mm. um, that the guns were facing the children, and the parents, not the protagonists. And it's something that that, that we highlighted at the time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, many of them, um, many of them were horrified and would, would spoken to you personally uh, about, I remember uh, one um, policeman who, uh, it was the last thing he was involved in, he emigrated to Australia after that and he said, had he not have been already doing that, this was the last straw because it was the fact that it was children um, that, that horrified so many people. How was it resolved in the end? Not many people remember this, but in fact, actually, um, there was lots and lots of negotiations. And um, so basically, it has never been concluded. It is the longest suspension of anything, 21 years. So, it's like this, like the Korean War, that yes, they're still yes, technically at that's, war. That's, that, that's it. And basically, <clears throat> I think after a while, people realized it was a political own goal. And, um, and I think that um, everybody in Sundry thought, how can we? So the, eventually the, the, the um, conclusion was, to put it in suspension. And um, there have been little incidents down the last 21 years, but in the main, mm. um, it, uh, it has just remained in that way. Uh, and, you know, when that happens, then the, the rest of us kind of go back to our lives and whatever else happens to be in the news agenda. As you say, all those CNN trucks, they get busy with post 9-11 and the post 9-11 world that we all find ourselves living in. But for yourselves and Father Troy and for the children, I mean, there must be a legacy oh, to having to, to, to dealt a, with that. Like, I mean, why am I here? I mean, I was a itinerant preacher. Um, I was, um, I was actually um, asked to go to um, Belfast. It was not by choice. And then suddenly, um, <clears throat> we gained so much credibility, Aidan and I, uh, with society with people because at the end of the day if you're willing to put your life on the line um which we were um the reality is we got a we got a foot in to the situation so then i began to get involved 
negotiations mm. involved in direct peace work, um, confiscating and decommissioning weapons, drugs issues. Then began working with the with the governments, um, and um, <clears throat> and then became a conduit and various different things. So um, it give a it give a foothold into the situation uh, for us. For the children, uh, many of them uh, went into serious counselling um, and um, some of the parents. I did the funeral of two of the mothers. Uh, ironically, in one case, um, the daughter actually did really well and got her degree and moved on in life, but the mother couldn't actually, she couldn't live with it and she ended up um, uh, with serious alcohol issues and died a young woman. And um, <clears throat> because when Aidan actually officiated um, at her wedding, uh, her and her husband, they, they looked like something out of Hollywood. Um, and when I went then um, to do the funeral, when I looked in the coffin, it was like an old woman. And, um, and the PTSD is something that um, I was diagnosed with it 10 years ago. Um, mm. I got hit with water cannon during rioting and, um, and I experienced, <clears throat> um, as a result of my work, uh, many suicides, murders, and it was only when I came away, um, I, my order pulled me, the passionist pulled me out of Ardoyne. I was the rector in parish priest at the time. Mm. And um, I, I did a, a <clears throat> sabbatical here in the States um, in the School of Applied Theology in Berkeley. But I was in a place called Bear Creek um, doing this beautiful retreat. And I'd been with Martin McGuinness and Peter Robinson, open, ironically, a suicide prevention center. And um, the first night that I was away, no phones, no nothing. Uh, suddenly I woke up and I was in suds, uh, like what you see in the movies. I didn't think that could actually happen in real life. Mm. And um, and I was in a neonatal unit uh, in my mind and I was floating above the cots. And in the first um, cot was my little nephew, baby Michael, who died 26 years ago. Uh, but in the next cot, it was a baby's body, but it was the head of someone who had burnt himself alive in suicide. The next cut uh, was the first murder that I was called out to, uh, where it was the the body of the child, but the head of the man uh, who'd been shot at close range. And I had to anoint, because you go skin to skin, I had to anoint his tummy because his head was destroyed. And um, right along, all these kind of horrific um, uh, scenes. So <clears throat> um, that was the first time that I sought help mm. and, uh, and I was in the right place in the States and I, I, um, I've suffered from one form of PTSD. In fact, I dealt with a suicide recently in our grounds and um, that night I could re see the, the girl yeah. because I was left with her hanging there and her phone kept ringing and that started to trigger it off again but I now know what to do and how to get the help 
But I have dealt with many of the parents and the children all these years later. And um, ironically, I did the wedding of one of the girls not that long ago. Oh, lovely. Uh, last year. Yeah. And one of the things was from the States, they were sent these therapy dolls. Yeah. And they still have them, you know, 21 years later. And uh, when the, the bride was, was coming up the aisle, her therapy doll was sitting in the front seat beside the bridesmaid. So I said in, at the wedding, I said, 21 years ago, one of the proudest things I ever did in my life was walk you to school. Um, and I said, um, and I said, and I feel very proud to see you walk up the aisle to be married. Um, but uh, Aidan has been back with me in, in Ardoyne mm. uh, at the minute. Uh, he's, he's on a sabbatical and uh, we have a, a bond uh, that's quite unique and he's been brilliant because uh, he's been helping covering, uh, including for me to come out uh, <laughs> here. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was a unique situation and it, um, it left uh, a, a mark uh, on our lives. Mm. Well, listen, we really appreciate you sharing the story, the experience of it, the memories, the legacies of it, the negative legacies, but also I think it's a nice story as well to wrap things up on that that marriage as well, that you walked the girl to school and, and we're there to watch her uh, uh, walking up the aisle as well. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million for joining us. Oh, great to see you. God bless. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.